Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Talking Locks with Locksteed podcast. This is the final episode of the Everyday People with Lock series and I am more than excited that we have now put out a dozen complete episodes in this season. I am your host, Ade Balogun, and this episode is produced by Savage Media. There's no better way to end this series than to travel cross-continent all the way to Jamaica. Yes, Jamaica. The one place that is synonymous with the words like Jar, Rastafaria, Bob Marley, Ganja, and of course, Locks. In today's episode, we are joined by Trudy Greenland, a natural hair and lock stylist based in Kingston and Portsmouth, Jamaica. She is the part owner of Just Natural Hair Salon. She's an exercise enthusiast, mother of two, a lockhead for 20 years and of course a Jamaican. Without further ado, let's get right into this conversation. Hi Trudy, welcome to the Talking Locks with Locketeed podcast. It's such a pleasure to have you on. Um, I think Absolute pleasure, absolute pleasure to be here. Absolute pleasure to be here. Okay, um, the title of today's podcast is Locks and Jamaica, which is a very big topic. So I am excited to see how much ground we can cover and how much more enlightened I would actually be about locks in regards um, to Jamaica itself. But before we start, can you quickly tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay, so my name is Trudy. Greenland is my last name. I am a stylist and part owner slash owner of Just Natural Hair Studios. We have two locations. We have a location in Kingston and one in Portmore, which is called St. Catherine. So that's two parishes. Mm-hmm. I, I have two children. I am pretty active in you know, my workout routines. I'm, I'm, I'm a workout junkie. <laughs> and I love Jamaica. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. So another quick question. This I haven't actually been able to figure out. I know we've had some brief conversations before we got to this point, but it's been very difficult to find out whether or not you actually have locks. Wow. (laughs) That's a good question. Well, guess what? I had locks. Okay. Let's say I cut them off 10 years ago. Actually, May to be exact, would make 10 years that I had to take them out after having my my last child. You know, when you have kids, you know, different stuff goes on with your body. And so my, my hair started doing a little number. So I wore them for 20 years, though. Wow. So when I started my lock journey, I actually started doing hair within that time. So it was just like a growing stage thing. Each thing start growing. The business and the hair start growing at the same time. So I wore locks for 20 years. Oh, I completely relate with that. But I'm not at 20 years yet. I'm 12 years old. <laughs> and I feel like a small mommy with my locks. But I don't know if I'm going to last another eight years before I decide whether or not I want to chop them off and start again or do something else. But we'll see. Um, but you know what? I, I must say that I didn't... I. I, I never knew or anyone could ever say to me that, you know what, you wouldn't have your locks today. I I thought that they were my my go-to. But, um, you know, I experienced different things with my hair after taking them off. But I don't think that I would ever say I would go back. Mm. Because now I'm wearing I'm wearing something that looks so somewhat like a like locks, but it's just temporary, it's not permanent. Okay. Um, I think before we go into the juice of the conversation, I really like that you said that, you know, when you stared your locks the first time you had just stared your business and you were growing with your locks. Um, I was fortunate yes. to be on some program called Africa Newa last week. And that was exactly my experience. I was like my hair, when I started to, to, to do my hair, you know, things happen in your life and you can see your hair grow and you can also see yourself growing as a person. So I'm glad that like no matter what part of the world or continents we are, we kind of feel the same things through one yes, thing that we, we have in common, which is our hair. 
So, Jamaica, yes, Jamaica, Jamaica. Um, I'm really nice excited. Jamaica. Yes. <laughs> so, when we think about Jamaica, a few things come to mind. You know, the words Bob Marley, obviously, Jar, Rastafarian, Cannabis. So, I'm hoping that we will touch a little bit on, on these things. But the uh-huh. first question I have is, what okay let let me let me phrase it this way um being on the african continent and having locks a lot of people especially in the early days when they were short and spiky would see me and call me rasta sister hey rasta you know and it's kind of funny because i don't know anything about the rastafarian culture but because i have (laughs) (laughs) i have this hair it's just assumed that you are rasta and Growing up really in Lagos, um, a few people who used to have locks at that time were if you were like mentally ill on the side of the road or you were into like reggae music, which is kind of linked back to like Jamaica and the Rastafarian culture. And or maybe if you were into entertainment, that, those were the only three reasons you and you couldn't be anything else and have locks. So it's changed now. But can you tell us a little bit about what it really means to be Rastafarian? And is everybody in Jamaica Rastafarian? <laughs> that is that's very 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 that's a very interesting question. Um, and like you said before, when if you travel the world anywhere you go in the world and they once they they hear your accent first then if they don't even speak english the first thing they would say is bob marley and so as a jamaican we associate that to you know jamaica bob marley locks reggae music um as you said cannabis we would call it ganja or marijuana and so no not every jamaican is rasta and not every person that wears locks is rasta back in Let's just say back in the time when Bob Marley was the, was the person that carried the baton for Rastafarianism, it was very, you know, it was high. I probably was about mm, a baby back then. Mm-hmm. But I grew up, I grew up, and I think I had said this to you earlier on in our conversation before, I, I grew up in the Ethiopian Orthodox Church. And so I had a little bit of knowledge about what, you know, what the Rastafarian um, community is and uh, just the diaspora of Jamaica, what we think of locks. Now, in the 20th century, locks is just a hairstyle. It's just fashion. It's just hair that we wear now to signify us being black. Mm. And I and I want to say that for me, and that's, that would be my opinion, and that would be even some of my, the opinions of my clients. Most persons are finding out that wearing their hair natural and as they start finding their natural hair then they transition into wearing locks because it becomes an easier lifestyle mm-hmm. people in corporate they want to get up and just go quickly um a mother with how many children and she has her job that is just a, a quick go-to hairstyle for her when she comes to get it done she gets her hair groomed and she can keep that for let's say four weeks so that's within itself becomes a here's that so most jamaicans if 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 i should say that for myself we are not rastafarians i am not rastafarian but i wear my locks or used to wear my locks to signify just us as black people and to wear our hair naturally it's it's a privilege that's very very interesting okay i'm glad you you say this because um it almost seems like we're in the same bucket. So if you went out and someone called you Rasta, you're going to be like, no, that's actually you know, accurate. Actually, <laughs> actually, when they see you and they don't, well, in Jamaica, if, if you're walking on the street and they see you wearing locks, yes, they will say, yes, Rasta, well, go on. Empress, <laughs> that's the word they use. Empress, what's going on? Or queen. So you, as a, as a female, there is a certain amount of respect when you wear locks. That's awesome. Um, I'm glad you brought that up the way you did because the first time I felt it was, huh, I think that was in 2012. I went on a holiday to the Gambia, which is one of the countries on the 
on the coastal line of West Africa. And um, my locks were pretty short back then. I think I'd had them for about three years. And I had no idea that I was a soul princess, Nubian queen. You know, yes, I was just walking down yes, the street and yes. they're like, Nubian queen, soul sister. Yes. And I, I felt I, I could actually feel very happy and I felt different. Especially because a lot of women in Gambia at the time didn't wear their hair natural. Okay, so th- this conversation is going somewhere. So I kind of want to understand a little bit about, you know, the roots of locks in regards to the Ethiopian Orthodox Church itself and how that differs from Rastafarianism. All right. So, I again, <laughs> I want to speak in my, in just a little bit I know. Mm-hmm. Growing up in um, growing up in the Ethiopian Orthodox Church, I think a lot of persons would want to associate the Orthodox Church to to it being of Rastafarian origin. Yes, the church was brought to Jamaica under the umbrella of Haile Selassie, and of course we know we all know who Haile Selassie is. However, the doctrine and the teachings of the church does not does not. Um, it's not saying Rastafarian or Rastafari, so to say. So in Jamaica, they have they have like different what we would call them denominations. Let's use that. So mm-hmm. you have the Bobo Shanti, you have the Twelve Tribe, you have, of course, you have the Orthodox, and there should be another one. But they are different um, denominations of, of of what Rasta or Rastafarians would would want to. Put themselves in their little. There is the area, and so for the bubbles and the and the and the and the and the other persons, the Baba Shantis, the twelve tribes of Israel, they would consider themselves Rasta. And for Rastafarians, they don't groom. They don't consider the maintenance of locks to be a thing. Which is why initially I said to you that. Not all Jamaicans are Rastafarians because the concept of Rasta is natural. They eat from the earth. They, you know, they don't use, you know, like you know, in the salons you have you have products that you mm-hmm. might use that may not be all natural. And so Rasta within themselves, they don't groom locks. They don't come out as in looking neat. Right. No, in this century. We do still have the elders that hold on to their, to you know, certain doctrines and certain way of life for them that they hold, they hold dear to themselves. However, as time goes by, and you and I know this, as you know, days go by, time go by, years go by, people start to to acknowledge that. And for me, as if we are representing, if if Rasta represents Haile Selassie. My opinion is Ailey Selassie was a very, very neat man. And so for, for nowadays, Rasta parents or persons who wear locks, they tend to want to lead to that direction. So they want to come into the grooming. Because in Jamaica, we have the lawyers, mm-hmm. we have the doctors, we have people in high corporate, um, high corporate jobs that represent a, a sector of the society. And they wear locks and for them, in order for the locks to become something of a thing or something that is acceptable, it has to be groomed. We still do have our radical ones that will set their trend. And even though they're not as very neat or groomed with the hair, it still represents something and it still looks good and it still keeps it. it it's healthy. But for the elders that hold their their traditions and their teachings steadfast rastafarian or rastafarians i would say mm-hmm. they don't they, they wouldn't come to the the modern day world to say okay let me let me let me do this or let me do that they still hold their their rods i know you don't probably know much about that they still hold their rods they still wear their turbans because that's mm-hmm. a sector of the of the denomination of Rastafarians. The 12th tribe of Israel, they wear turbans around their heads to cover their, their locks. So that's, that's, that for them, it's, it's sacred. You understand? Yes. Um, even now, in some area of persons who are not 
saying that they are Rastafarians, but they hold a certain amount of, um, you know, just a certain amount of thing with their hair. They're not going to allow any, just anyone to go into their ear. So they, you know, people would come to you and they say, oh, you know, I think I have a, you, you give me a different kind of vibe. So they will allow you to put their hands in their ears. So things have changed as we go along. Right. Right. That's interesting. That's very, very interesting. Um, I love the connection that we all have to our hair, even though we're, we found ourselves in different parts of the world. Now, I, uh, the question I have next is that um, I, I always try to put myself in, in the stories because it's the best way I can relate to you know, what you are going to tell us or explain where I'm coming from. When right, I right. decided to lock my hair like 12 years ago, or no, before that, I think some 14, 15 years before, the first time I told my mom that I wanted to lock my hair, she was, you know, um, I wouldn't say disgusted. She's usually very supportive. So she did not discourage me, but she did not encourage me either. Right. She, she was like, you know, why do you want to do something that a mad person does to, you, to their hair? It was a big deal. So that deterred me for a few years. And then I eventually, you know, got my hair locked. And about some four years after I locked my hair, or is it six years now after I locked my hair, she locked her hair as well. So, you know, like you said, as the days go by, things change. But in Jamaica, would you say, for someone who's also a hairstylist, is it a big decision for the average person to decide to lock their hair? Or is it as easy as deciding to wear a weave or a wig or wear your hair um, in its loose, natural form? All right. So let me, let me, you mentioned that when you decided on locking your hair, that your mother was not, she wasn't encouraging, but she didn't discourage you. Mm-hmm. So let me, before I answer the question, I want to just kind of give you a little snapback because I, like I said, I grew up, I grew up in Orthodox. My dad had locks. So my dad wore locks for many, many years until he decided on becoming a part of the clergy uh, at the church. And with becoming a, a part of the clergy, he had to cut his hair. But initially I wanted to lock my hair, you know, before I, st- I, I left high school. And I remember telling my dad that I wanted to lock my hair. And he said to me, you know, and I'm going to speak in Jamaican terms so that (laughs) you can understand. So he said to me, "Um, well, I'm not going to stop you from locking your hair. But just understand that in the time that we're living in, and that would have been back in my, you know, back in the 70s, locks wasn't uh, an acceptable thing, so to say, when it come on to corporate, Mm -hmm. you know. And, and like I said, initially, time went on. It wasn't so in, everybody wasn't into it at the time. But as time goes by and I decided on doing it, to tell you the truth, I actually locked my hair when I was in high school and just never, never pulled it out. And I continued grooming my hair. And it, for me, I had never experienced anything of a negative if i had to go and look a job i mean i never had to look a job but i'm just saying if i had to it wouldn't have been a problem i don't think it would have been a problem because i think within the time when i started to get into you know corporate era or just going out into the world as a as a as a young person it started to become so much more a thing like everybody wanted to have luck so now fast forward into now let me tell you something girl mm-hmm. everybody wants to have luck <laughs> since the lockdown <laughs> since we had the pandemic in 2020 and everybody had to stay home so people who used to go to the salon to get their hair processed every six weeks and stuff and everybody got the scare and they had to stay home their natural hair start to come up through that process here and they started to like it but when they started liking it it becomes because you know having your natural hair it's lovely but it, it takes a lot of work you and i know this that mm-hmm. you know in order to look nice and chic tomorrow morning we have to <laughs> you know get the trace up or get the bantu knots and get the curls up and everything and so we've had a tremendous outpour of persons messaging calling oh they think they have finally decided that they're thinking about this for so long and now since they have their natural hair 
they are finally deciding on locking. Jamaica is revolutionized when it comes out to people with locks. That's awesome. Revolutionized. Okay, that that's great, great. Um, um, I, my clientele, we had, we had three salons and we had to close one of our salons in the in in the parish of Montego Bay because of the whole pandemic and you know not everything was able to stay stay afloat but we had or we still have a massive clientele of persons male and female that wear locks awesome awesome okay this conversation kind of leads me to my next question um i gave a ted talk in 2017 and then um, while i was researching for the talk of course i was going to talk about hair and dreadlocks is what i do so um that's what my ted talk was centered around and you know the emphasis on african hair and its beauty um in doing my research on the word dreadlocks most of it went back to jamaica and um, now in the 21st century and with the internet which is a beautiful place but it has so much information that you could get lost in it so but a lot of the the research i did kind of pointed back to the origin of the word dreadlocks and in america now um a lot of people would tell you that you shouldn't call their hair dreadlocks because their hair is not dreadful and that the origin of the word isn't yeah. pleasant and in my research what i was trying to say was that in my research it did point back to jamaica and i think around the 1960s when there was the opposition to colonial rule and people with locks or matted hair were seemed as dreadful and um, that's where the word dreadlocks or one of the origins of the word dreadlocks is from do you have an opinion on that that is that 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 i have not done a extensive um research on the word dreadful but you are correct i if i if my memory serves me clear or right my dad would told would have here yeah, he would have told me that back then in the 70s when they were having a lot of you know ups and downs they did have that point where persons that wore dreadlocks would have looked down at or look at as outcasts or they were the ones who who started the rebellion or or they started you know you know a protest because they were always pushed pushed um pushed aside so yes i the little i know of that no the word dreadlocks no for me i may not use it as much but it doesn't mean anything dreadful because I understand. I, I, I don't take it so deep mm -hmm. as as the, the word dreadful. But you do have persons who will speak of it and say they don't have dreadlocks. They have locks or they're or they're wearing locks or, of course, if they're Rastafarians, they say that they're Rastafarians. Okay. But for me personally, I don't I don't dwell on negative connotations like i don't dwell on if the hair if the word means dread if it's if it's up if it is something dreadful but i do hear of it i do hear one and two persons you know and those those persons in my opinion would be the ones that they're 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 off the earth you know they don't want to be considered anything dreadful right this is um interesting and um i'm happy that i at least my my ted talk wasn't a lie because my sources were the internet so i'm glad yeah. that we agree yeah, and we all know that the internet also gather information from you know just mm -hmm. persons who experiences different persons. so it's, it's every it's everyone's opinion and everybody has an opinion of what a word or a or a phrase may mean to them Okay. But the word dreadlocks now is, in my opinion, is a very used word. If you go on the internet, if persons are making the, the formation of locks, mm -hmm. they said it has, as, and they have the heading on the top, it's dreadlocks. Yeah. Dreadlocks. Um, dreadlocks stocking caps that you wear. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is that is associated with the formation of locks. It's a key word. I think it's, it, I think it's a very popular used word yeah um i think on my own side of it the 
just understanding history or let me put it this way um so where i'm from in africa or nigeria i'm from the yoruba speaking part of of nigeria and when we are giving names our names have meanings so your your given name is usually um a circumstance of your birth or something that was going on in your parents' lives or something like that. So I do personally believe that names are very powerful. So when I did... Yes, I, I personally believe that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because in, in Orthodox, when you are, um, well, they would call it baptized, where the modern world would call it Christian, but when you're baptized in in, um, in, in the Orthodox faith, they, you are given a name, and that name has a meaning, and of course, the meaning would, you know, would would manifest in your life somehow. So, mm-hmm. for my, for me, when I was when I was a child and I was baptized in the Orthodox, my my given name was Sebla Wangel, which would which would mean daughter of the harvest, and I think I am actually living my manifestation now because I create so much work, and I am harvesting from what I do. So, mm-hmm. I do believe that names has um, power and it has meaning yeah. towards it. And it actually propels you for, for your life stance. Yeah. So, f- for me, when I learned the origin or the likely origin of the word dreadlocks and how right. it might mean something negative, I was like, you know what? I, I do get it that when people say your hair is dreadlocks, they do not see a dreadful person. You know, for the longest time, I called my hair dreadlocks before I got to know about the history but in coming to that knowledge it's just like a choice to say you know what locks is kind of fancy as well we can do without the first part of it so i personally almost a hundred percent of the time refer to my hairs as locks right right right. yeah um very rare i use the word dread too so i'm not saying you know so very rare i would i would say dreadlocks if i'm talking to someone who is you know, maybe wanting to understand the whole culture and the whole thing mm-hmm. of it, then maybe you could use that word so that it breaks it down easier for them. Because sometimes it, it, it's really what it is when persons are not understanding. So, yes, yeah. I, I, I absolutely, I'm absolutely agreeing with what you're saying in terms of using the word. Yeah, so that's that's great. Okay, um, I would really, really like to take this conversation to the ganja part of it um (laughs) well when my locks were short and spiky and more obvious because right now they are long and most people think they are braids anyway or false hair but at the stage where they were short and spiky um that girl you would see at a party and somebody would tap you and go like yeah do you know do, do you have ganja do you know where to get it you know and i'm just like but i don't smoke this thing why is everybody assuming i do just because i have this hair so i'm going to associate (laughs) it yes it is associated we know but i did read somewhere randomly on the on on the internet when i was preparing for this um, podcast about um parts of rastafarism um believing that ganja and marijuana is one of the the, is a tree of life and it helps to connect to your higher self in terms of connecting to God. Um, do you know anything about that? And I don't want to ask a naive question and say, does every Jamaican yes. smoke cannabis or, or ganja? No. <laughs> but you know, I know that that would just be built in the conversation. No, but do, no, do, do you no. have an opinion of connecting I, to the higher self through the tree of life? I don't personally have. Um, I don't smoke. Um, maybe I did when I was much younger. You know, as teenagers, you want to try. Mm-hmm. And then early, early on, I recognize that my my head doesn't. It, it's too light, so I don't I don't mess around those stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but from my knowledge of hanging around or hearing off, and even going doing research, that is a part of their sacrifice. You know, that's. That's their way of connecting to the higher to the higher um, person for them. So the little I know, I can only speak of how, of of what I know. Mm-hmm. That yeah, that is that is a big thing for the Rastafarian community. 
um, for persons who smoke because you do have rastafarians or persons that wear locks that doesn't smoke and you do also have persons that don't even wear locks and they will smoke they will use the the marijuana they will use it for their you know personal recreational thing maybe they want to just have a nice evening or and that's again for persons who who are not using it for their the rastafarian um what you would call it now religious practices yeah right their practices that's the word their practices but Mm. i am not big on 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 that i'm i'm i i know little about the whole smoking and their their thing but it's a thing for them let me just say that it's a thing for rastafarians it's a part of their culture and marijuana in jamaica is i don't is it i'm trying to remember if it is legal now that was going to be my next question i'm I'm trying to remember i don't want to you know i don't want to tell i don't want to make a mistake but i don't think it is fully legal i think they give us they will say you can have like a certain amount in your possession um but you can't send any it can't be like you can't package it to send it to 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 any other country so mm-hmm. you have to only use it in your own space mm-hmm. so they have like right so they do have places in jamaica that is registered to sell the oil or sell ones that is you know they they do it in the greenhouses and stuff like that but you still have to buy it in small portion and use it in your own space so i'm not sure if it's fully legal but i know that they have they have parts in jamaica where you can go and get it done right there right i think it's highly regulated and i was just trying to search the internet very quickly but i think Uh um yeah possession can be criminalized so it seems like it's it's it is it is legal to a certain degree but like highly regulated right so so that's that's interesting to know if anyone out there is interested in visiting jamaica you should probably find out what's legal and what's not so you don't get too excited (laughs) yeah but 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 let me just say this you do have your one and two guys in the corner so like if you come in you can you, you you can always ask a person to say you know where i can get some of that stuff and they know exactly where to go mm-hmm. so like you said it's it's regulated but you know people can use it in their own space okay okay great um um an interesting part of this conversation is you know you did say that right now a lot of locks in jamaica is not something that people look down on like you're not going to enter your no. doctor's office and see no. a man with locks and go like who is this unserious person it's the opposite now when you walk into a doctor's office and see someone with locks if they are the doctor you 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 say wow this that looks good you walk into um right now locks is dominated in the law firms locks lawyers it's a big thing for the lawyers in jamaica that's the go-to hairstyle in jamaica um for the lawyers for uh, bankers for uh i'm trying to, i'm not trying to is it, is it down, popular in government I'm not as well down or or local or or regular people but i'm just saying to you the highest of the highest even in parliament we have people in parliament that wears locks both male and female both male and female wow that's awesome as i speak as i speak the Jamaica Labour Party that is in power as I speak, they have people in Parliament, both male and female, that wears locks. This is the world where we're looking to get that, to. Just, just for just for a big plug that actually comes to just natural to get their hair done. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> that is great. That is great. I think um, yes. I think that's the model world. That's the utopia the rest of us are looking for. So this is a, a flip side to the question. When I started um, Lockitude in Nigeria, I probably, I think actually was the first salon to identify as a lock-only salon. 
Um, so other people did locks before me, of course, but they did other things as well. So they would do the relaxers, they would do your your braids right. and everything. And um, when I started, um, I actually started because of my own hair. I, I was I started looking after my hair myself. I started writing a blog about it. Then I left corporate wow, without a job. Awesome. And then people started asking me, oh, can you make my hair look like yours? And oh I was like, okay. God. So This sounds like you are my sister from another mother. <laughs> like, like you're speaking and that literally is the same thing that happened to me. Wow. <laughs> okay, so, so you do understand this story. And um, in, so this was 2015 when I formally opened. Um... My background is in architecture, but nobody was calling me to design houses. People were calling me to, to help out with their hair. And because yeah. I, I was doing my own hair, I wasn't doing the perm or the weaves. I couldn't offer that as a service to people. So I decided to stick to locks 100%. You know. Yes. So the interesting thing that used to happen back in the day um, was, and probably still happens now, is that you enter almost any salon in Lagos with locks and they tell you, sorry, we can't do your hair. Because it, not because they don't they discriminate you, but the truth is that they don't know what to do they to your know. hair. So they're just completely confused. Do you wash it? Do you not wash it? Like, what am I going to do with you? They have no idea. So you get turned back. So when That's I started, crazy. it was really a safe space for people who were choosing to wear their hair locked because you could come and we knew what to do so the the, the right. tables kind of turned because what would happen is when other people walked into the salon and say i want to get a weave or like oh we're sorry you know you could go to somewhere else but we don't we can't do your hair so the question is is there any form of discrimination for people who are wear, choosing to wear their hair in other ways in jamaica or is it just a level playing ground no, 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 no. Let me say this. You're giving me some stories, girl. <laughs> when I, when I, listen, I think we're related. <laughs> when I started locking my hair, I, I used to, I used to work on, on the North Coast. The North Coast in Jamaica is where tourists come in. We go to the hotel and we will do like cabaret so we perform so i used to sing before mm. and then i i had my locks i start grooming my own locks so when so to cut to fast fast forward i used to do the band members so when i go down to do my rehearsals and stuff and the band members would see me and they say oh where did you get your hair done and i would say oh i do my own hair so they say oh can you come earlier before rehearsal and hook me up and that's where I started to start to doing my friends here, doing other persons here. Um, in Jamaica now, salon, well, Just Natural, like you said with your salon, Just Natural Hair Studio was the first salon to only cater for persons with locks and natural hair. Oh. When, um, when we had, what, we, what they used to have was persons who had salons and they would rent boot spaces to persons and they would do the permings and the wigs and but we only cater for natural hair and locks only we don't we don't do processing we don't do flat irons nothing that is outside of natural hair and locks we don't do them and it's funny when you say that because now because locks and growing hair natural is a big thing most persons that even rent boot spaces to to other stylists the stylists themselves want to learn or want to know how to do lock mm -hmm. because it's it's a big thing it's something it's a revolution people are if you're not wearing the faux locks you're wearing the, the your natural locks that is coming out of your scalp or you're wearing something that mimics what locks look like and so therefore you have to step up the game. So each time you, ideally want to do process here, so they do natural hair or they do um, locks or style locks. Even, even in the industry, 
that because natural hair and lock formation is a big thing now most persons like like everybody has a product line that is that is geared for natural hair care mm -hmm. or or most of the or most of the the prominent um product lines they do have a section for natural hair care so when you go to the beauty supply stores there is a vast like a, a great line of different products that is that you can pick choose and refuse from when it comes on to natural hair so, so no in the salons you walk in even if they don't know what to do they'll they'll tell you to sit down because everybody wants to know i've been approached so many times um to start doing courses for persons who want to specialize in grooming and taking care of locks and starting them um, for so long and I've been procrastinating and procrastinating but it, it is something that it's in my to-do list and that's something that I'm going to do because we have been in existence since 2000 let me what, what do I say in 2000 I have been doing here from home so if I should say personally for myself I've been doing this for about maybe 25 years wow and yeah and just natural has been in existence for about maybe let's say 18 about 18 years my son is 18 18 years so maybe 20 because i'd started about two years before when i say started professionally like mm -hmm. got myself because originally my salon was inside the bob marley museum which yes, is also that. a big thing for us because we actually we actually had it was like a stepping stone for us just natural hair so you're inside the bob marley museum most persons or most locals that that never been inside the museum came into the museum when we were there and it was an aha moment for them it was an experience because it was two in one if they are waiting to get their hair done they could go and do a tour learn something about bob marley and so it kind of tied in with us that's um, awesome. And we were there for many years. <laughs> yeah, we were there for many years. We had a lot of our locals that came to Just Natural and learned. Just like how you have, you know, you went and you do your research. They they came in and it was like a surprise for them. They didn't even know that this place was here. And they, they, they were experiencing the best of both worlds. They are inside the Bob Marley Museum. And then they are getting their hair done at Just Natural. So <laughs> I, I thought... It was an awesome experience for me when we started. That's great. That's great. I'm really enjoying our conversation so far. I think we've already gone over like the 45 minute mark. <laughs> so it's interesting how how the time flies when you are having fun. But it's but, been it's been exactly. a very interesting conversation. I think um, I have learned a lot about Jamaica. At least um, the stereotypes. I do know that are not across board for everybody but um it's it's been awesome i'm really happy i found you to do this podcast with, with us and i was saying yes. that everybody else who had come on the podcast was somebody i had met in person so you are the first person that i have just asked out of nowhere and agreed to come on so i really really do thank you for doing that i am i am so honored i'm so honored i'm actually I'm honored that you found me. I, I, I'm curious to know how you found me. Instagram. And, um, oh, you found me on Instagram. I have been following you for a few years, actually. Social media is the bomb. Yeah, I, I have been following you for a few years. And That's because, of course, good. when you see people who are doing good work from anywhere in the world, you know, I thank you, you, you so kind much. of follow. So, so I've been following Just Natural. And just natural for those who might be listening is at J U S natural on Instagram. Yes. Um, yes so I yes. have a couple more questions before sure. um, we kind of wrap it up. You do have two sons, I believe. Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah. My first is 18 and my second is 10. Wow. Um, so if your 18 year old wanted to have locks, I do know that this is something that is not frowned at anymore in Jamaica. But is it something yes. that you would have any problem with by any chance? Would there even be a conversation? No, no it would could never be a conversation. If he wanted today, I would start it for him. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Because I know that it 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 doesn't hinder him from doing whatever he wants to get done. I've experienced that. I've never had a problem 
getting through any doors, um, speaking to anyone in any high places. I've never had an issue with or without my lock. So if he needs, if he wants it today, then he can. But my son is a is a hot boy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. He's Mr. He's Mr. Glamour. <laughs> I can imagine that. Well, the, 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 the revolution is here. I think we are living the revolution. I think um, Jamaica is definitely where we all want to be in other parts of the oh, world yeah. where nobody discriminates you for how you choose to wear your hair as an African, where the kinks on your hair, whether you're a man or a woman, are respected by everyone. Um, thank you so so much I know I've just been saying thank you and thank you and thank you you've also shared some religious um, lights into um, what it is to be Jamaican and um, all the buzzwords that we have and how they don't you know I always say that um, we there's one race which is the human race and in that race we are all different well, each individual is a different person, so you can't just yeah. you can't just slap a label on everybody and say every every Jamaican is Rastafarian, um, does no, ganja. And Bob Marley did say, every man have a right to decide his own destiny. In mm. this judgment, there is no equal. You understand? So we choose our destiny, and that's something that we take pride in. We as Jamaicans, we take pride in you know just everything. As simple as it may be, or hair, or or nails, or or dressing, you know, I I I've always said, you know, sometimes when we're as friends and we're talking and we say, you know, if you get lost in the airport, just look, you'll see a Jamaican. <laughs> they're always nicely dressed. Oh, just follow them and you'll never get lost. Oh, <laughs> now I know. Now I know how to find my way home yes. because I almost feel like yes. Jamaica is my home. Um. So do you have any last words for anybody out there who is in my own world trying to make that decision on how what, what their hair is going to make them look like, if it is the right decision to make, um, and how they should go about it? What I would say, for me personally, I, again, you know, I'm like you. I always put myself in the... Um, in the position of the story so it makes sense and so if i'm scrolling through a magazine and i see a dress i know when that i know when to stop the page because that is what pops out for me mm-hmm. and so it comes to your hair this it, it it has to be something inward it has to be and that's for me i would i knew i could not have or process here i i wasn't brought up in that culture so i knew what i liked mm-hmm. and so for you as or for persons out there who are seeking to you know want to make that decision it's for me it's inward know how it's how it's going to make you feel it's going to empower you it is just so much of a, a crown you said it when you walked in, in the streets they were calling you empress and queen it gives you a crown on your head it it's it puts you out you stand above everything and of course you're natural what 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 else could be better yeah <laughs> thank you so so much judy trudy um the last thing i'm going to say is that i absolutely love your accent so i'm oh, really, <laughs> I'm really glad i'm proud of myself <laughs> i'm like this is definitely authentic so we have yeah, authentically. You know what? We don't try to put it on, you know, we just talk properly. Yeah. But we do have time we get looking at the patois. <laughs> That's our second language. They say patois is Jamaican second language. And I think a lot of people try to speak patois, but it, 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 it's something that people like to hear. Yes. I mean, I'm like, now you're going to lose me in this conversation you're probably going to sell me and get some change (laughs) so Trudy go on no I'm just saying I'm so honored and grateful for this um for this interview it it has it it's it's an honor Thank you. Thank you so, 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 so much. I'm going to let you have a good evening now with the boys. 
and do yes. take care it's really been also an honor having you on thank you so much thank you so much and i and yeah. i wish you all the best in this podcast i wish you many many more interviews and if you need me you know where to find me oh yes sure <laughs> thank you so much good night thank you bye-bye bye I am so proud that we've come to the end of this season and I believe this episode on Jamaica with Trudy Greenland was indeed worthy to wrap things up. As Trudy said, and in Bob Marley's words, every man got a right to decide his own destiny. That quote right there says it all. Our new season will be launched in the next quarter of the year and it will be themed Meet the Experts. We will be interviewing nutritionists, trichologists, locticians, dermatologists, psychologists, all in relation to locks, and I'm sure you get the picture. But in the meantime, you need to watch out for two bonus episodes. The first will be a review of the Everyday People with Locks series, and I'll be doing that with our producer, Savage Media. And the second will be the Meet the Team Lockitude episode. I'm very much looking forward to that one. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Talking Locks with Locksy podcast. It has been such a pleasure being your host. And my name again is Adi Balogun. And many thanks to our producer, Savage Media. Please don't forget to follow us on social media. We are at Locktude, L-O-C-I-T-U-D-E. Um, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We have aired 19 episodes so far which you can catch up on and we have more interesting seasons coming soon so don't forget to subscribe to our podcast we are currently on apple google spotify stitcher and Deezer podcast you can also find us on youtube or on our or on our rss feed we are the talking locks podcast so there we have it stay well and don't forget to keep it locked with an attitude Thank you.